Wow, here it is. End of the year. How are we feeling? Good? Ready for the new year? Come on. Are we okay? Some of us are. <coughs> I just want to thank you that, uh, hey, for sticking with us through all this. I know sometimes it's kind of weird. I know it's strange to bring your camp chairs. You're not sure where we're meeting from week to week. We've tried to communicate with you as much as we possibly can. And so, man, I'm really thankful for your patience and your uh, continued uh, a faithfulness to come and, and, and us kind of be vagabonds just traveling here and there and, and, and sitting our chairs just where we may end up. And so thank you for being that those kind of people. Uh, it doesn't surprise me about you at all, Refuge, but I just want to say thank Thank you for, for who you are. Uh, I hope you have your Bibles uh, with you. We're going to be in a lot of different places today, and so uh, I'll encourage you to have them. The first place will be is in Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, I'm actually preaching a sermon here um, uh, that is uh, something I preached in year four of Refuge. I don't often, almost never uh, recycle a sermon, and I don't, think, I don't like to think about this as recycling, but uh, as I was thinking about what are we going to preach here on the last day of 2023, uh, and, and I went back to um, just the notes from this sermon from our year four, and the principles, it was interesting that the principles from year four that we talked about at Refuge are still the same things that our church needs to hear today. The same things that we discussed in year four at Refuge are applicable in year 14. And honestly, it brought me a lot of uh, uh, comfort and encouragement myself uh, because that means we're not changing paths. We're not going in a different direction. We're not preaching something new. Uh, it's just the same thing that we need to hear. It's just like we preach the gospel every week. Uh, there's some things that we need to hear going into a new year. And especially, honestly, coming out of being nomads for a few months and, and headed into a new, kind of a new start for us uh, in a new building just to see what the future has for us. It's honestly, I was encouraged this week as, as I was thinking about, man, in year four, uh, we had survived. I mean, that, that's really kind of a good word for year four, being a church plant, that we survived for four years and that here we are in year 14 and going into year 15, and by God's grace, we're still surviving, and I would say even thriving, that the Lord's been very gracious to us. Uh, it's cool to look out and see your faces and know the vast majority of your stories, uh, the way the Holy Spirit has worked in you, the way he has moved you from death to life, the way he has saved many of you. Uh, the way he has changed some relationships for many of you, and it's just a, an encouragement to think about that as I stand, get to stand before you today. Um, a lot of remembrances over the last 14 and a half years, and as again, as we're leaving 2023 and headed into 2024, and these are, um, I hope you have high hopes for your refuge family. I hope that you, as we are kind of, again, turning this corner, that you have high hopes for what God's going to do. Thankfulness for what he's done, but high hopes for what he's going to do in, uh, in the future. Uh, there was a football coach that said this. He said, unrealistic expectations always produce frustration. Unrealistic expectations always produce frustration. But the good thing is, is we're not playing football. You know, the church is not a football team. I love football as much as the next guy, but we're not playing football here. And so uh, our, our battle is not on the gridiron. Our battle is a battle that is a spiritual battle. 
And the good thing is, is we play for the king. And so we should have what we would think are unrealistic expectations. There's no way that that could happen. There's no way that we could see this accomplished. There's no way that we could possibly uh, plant a church somewhere with nobody with any experience and expect it to be still going 14 and a half years later. There's no way that we should expect God to do continued things just like we've seen him continue to do. Is the Lord going to continue to do those things? Man, left up to us, uh, we'd fall flat on our face. But thankfully, we serve a God who is not limited by anybody's expectations, who is not limited by anything in the world or the universe, because he is the God who holds it all together. Our battle that we fight is not a physical battle. Our battle that we fight is a spiritual battle. Ephesians chapter 6 uh, tells us that we don't fight the battles we fight with the regular weapons of war. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10, says that we fight these battles that we're in as a spiritual battle. Ephesians chapter 6, follow along with me from verse 10. I'm going to read these verses. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Hey, we don't fight battles against one another. You may, be, you may have some battles against one another. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to lay those things down today, too. But the battles that you and I fight are spiritual battles. They, they are battles that are waged in the heavenlies. We're engaged in those battles, but those battles are won by the Lord. Those battles are won on our knees as we pray and we seek the Lord of the harvest to help us in those battles. Paul goes on and he says, Therefore, because that's true, because these are spiritual battles that we that we undertake. He says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. If there's one thing I want us to do, church, in 2024, it's to stand firm. In the battles that we fight, in these spiritual battles that we undertake, some in our own families, some that you're fighting right now, a spiritual battle that you may not even understand that it is a spiritual battle, but the spiritual battle that you're in, I want to tell you to stand firm. That's what Paul tells us to do. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and shoes and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, he says, whenever you do those things, when you put on that armor of God, whenever you, whenever you wear that armor into the battle regularly, daily, hourly sometimes, he says, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, saying, hey, pray for one another. If you know that a brother is in the middle of something, if you know that a sister is in a battle over something, pray for them. Don't tell somebody you're going to pray for them and not literally pray for them. Lay your hands on them and just say, let me pray for you right now. If you're not with them, pray for them anyway making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, Paul says, and I would say also for your pastors, 
for your elders. Pray for us. Paul says, pray for me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains and I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And I would just encourage you to do that for your pastors. As we enter again into, into a new season, what it feels like to be 2024, again, new building we're going back into, uh, it, it just feels like a new season. And so as we take on this new season and we take on this new year, pray fervently for one another. Pray fervently. Your elders would ask you to pray fervently for us as we try to lead God's church family, as we try to encourage you along the way, uh, pray for us. And so my, my first thing that I want you to remember as we get into uh, 2024 is I want to encourage you and I want to I say that our hope, our, my hope, just like it was in year four, is the same as it is today, that our life on mission will be all about conversions. You know, we talk about living in gospel communities. We talk about living on mission. And many times our mission can unfortunately turn into just social gatherings. I mean, I like you people. I actually, well, most of you, I, I'm just kidding. I, I like you people and, and, and you seem to like each other. And my hopes is, my, my, my hopes are, sorry, English teachers. My hope is, and my hopes are that we live a life on mission, not just a social life together. We don't know how many years we've got left we don't know how many Sundays we've got together. We don't know how many dinners we'll have with one another. And, and I love the social aspect of meeting around a table with each of you. But I want our life to be on mission. And that mission is about seeing people come to know the Lord. It's about fighting the battles of darkness. It's about charging into the gates of hell with the good news of the gospel and sharing it with those that we love, and spending our time on our knees praying that God will awaken people's hearts to the gospel. That's the battle we're in. And that's the battle I want us as a church family to fight. I'll say this, don't let your belief in the, sovereign, in the sovereignty of God and salvation get in your way of the evangelism that we're called to, to speak boldly. We believe in the sovereignty of God in all things. We believe God is going to save the people that he's going to save. Scripture is very clear about that. But it's also very clear that you and I have a responsibility in that. And that's to open our mouths and share the gospel, the good news of the gospel. And so my, my hope for you is that if you go, hey, preacher, I don't really know how to do that. I just kind of leave that to you. I'll invite people to church, and I'll just let you share it from the pulpit. That's not what the Scripture calls to. The Scripture calls each of you, if you're a follower of Jesus, to know the good news of the gospel, practice the good news of sharing the gospel, and begin to share it with your friends and family. So don't let our belief in the sovereignty of God get in the way of our evangelism. Don't let your fear get in the way of your evangelism. I've said this and told this story before, but Penn from Penn and Teller, uh, he's an atheist, and this is what he said. Uh, you know who those guys are, Penn and Teller? They kind of do magic and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he says this, I've always said that I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there is a heaven and a hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life and you think that it's not really worth telling them because it would make it socially awkward and atheists who think people shouldn't proselytize and who say just leave me alone and keep your religion to yourself, how much do you have to hate somebody not to proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? 
I mean, that's what we say, honestly, with our actions. We don't have to say it with our words, but if we know that to be true, and we know somebody that's a friend or a family member, and they are outside the household of faith right now, how much hate do we have to have in our heart for them to not just share the gospel with them? You go, I, I don't hate my friend. I don't hate my family member. By not sharing the gospel with them, we're going, good luck. Hope you get it somehow. Let's not, let, let's not be blasé about that refuge. Let's enter 2024 with the Holy Spirit-inspired boldness to share the good news of the gospel. You know who I'm talking You're thinking about somebody right now. I am. You're thinking about somebody right now. <coughs> Pray that the Holy Spirit will help you and he'll empower you to have the boldness to share the gospel with that person, even if it takes multiple times over sharing the gospel with them this year. I mean, if I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that we were standing out here on Airline Road and that a truck was barreling down on you and about to splatter your brains all over the highway and I did nothing, like if I don't tackle you or like, you know, yell at you, get out of the way, you know, or something, how much do I have to hate you to just let you get hit by the truck? You know what I'm saying? This is even more important than that. Because the truck's coming. Love people enough to share the gospel with them. Who's on, the, who's on your list? You know who that's, that person's on your, on your list. I have three P's for you. Because I'm a preacher. That's the fourth P. <laughs> I'm a preacher. That's, I, all right, it's three in a heading. Preacher. One, put them in your phone. Like where you'll see it. I know all of you look at your phone often. Put on your home screen if you have to. Put them in your phone. Practice your gospel message. You're not going to share the gospel with somebody that you've never practiced saying it. You're going to clam up and you're going to go, uh, 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 let's go to lunch. Uh, so practice your gospel message and then pray fervently. Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is not of your cleverness in your way that you share the gospel, but God does call us to share the gospel with those that, we, that, he, that he crosses our path with, and especially those that we love. Your job is to proclaim, join God in what he's doing. Jesus commands his disciples in Matthew chapter 28 uh, to go and make disciples. And he says he's with us. Just like he gave them their marching orders in Matthew 28, he gives us those same kind of marching orders if we are followers of Jesus. If you call yourself a Christian, we have those same types of marching orders. Go and make disciples. Making disciples means the beginning is sharing the gospel. You can't make a disciple of someone who's not a convert. Although we like to say we disciple people to the cross, that means we're telling them about Jesus when they're lost. And then we see and we, pile, we say we like to pile kindling around people. That means we're sharing the gospel with them. We're loving and caring for them. And we're praying that the Lord will light the fire. Let's keep doing that. So let's, let's let our life on mission be about people moving from death to life. Knowing Jesus and experiencing his life-giving transformation. That's number one. Number two, that refuge church would be known for holiness, humility, 
and our love for one another. Holiness, humility, and our love for one another. There's effect, there are effects that just can't help but happen whenever we are spending time with Jesus. Whenever we're spending time in the Word, when we're spending time on our knees praying, whenever we're spending time with the people of God, there are some things that just can't help but happen. And Spurgeon says these three effects of being near to Jesus are humility, happiness, and holiness. And so that would be my hope for each of us is that as we draw nearer to Jesus, we experience more humility, that we're not those arrogant, pompous people out there. I'm not saying don't be confident. I'm a confident dude. But I don't want to be overconfident. I don't want to be braggadocious. I don't want to come across as a know-it-all. I want to come across as someone who's full of humility. I want to, speak, I want to come across as someone who is full of happiness and joy. I don't want to come across any other way. Turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. If you're in Ephesians, turn to the right. Philippians chapter 2, here's what Paul writes in the first 11 verses. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. He's talking to the church there. And he's saying, hey, if, if this would be such an encouragement to me if we were all of one mind and all of one accord. And he goes on to say, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was, he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, the, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. Paul says, Paul says it's incumbent upon us as followers of Jesus to be humble, to speak in, as people who are full of humility. Not as though we're braggadocious or anything at all like that, because we all were in many other people's places one time. Some of us remember those days before we became a follower of Jesus. What it looked like to be, what our lives looked like before we became a follower of Jesus. And, and by God's grace, by his grace alone, he awakened our hearts to the gospel. He gave us faith to believe. We didn't do this on our own. We have no rights to braggadociousness whenever we're followers of Jesus. Salvation is of the Lord. I didn't decide one day I'm joining this team. But the Spirit of God awakened me to the gospel, removed the scales from my eyes, gave me faith to believe. And if you're a Christian, he did the same thing to you. There's no room for anything but humility for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Holiness, 
Humility doesn't allow for us to be braggadocious. Paul talks about this. It doesn't allow us to be into conflict with one another. He says, we as Christians have nothing to be in conflict over. We have nothing to hold over other people's heads. He says, the gospel doesn't allow room for that in our lives. He says, pursue holiness. Pray about those places where we find those things in our lives. Repent whenever the Holy Spirit awake, uh, uh, reveals those kinds of things to us. You say, well, why, preacher? Why, why should we live that way in 2024? Why should that be a part of who we are in 2024? He says this. He said, if I can give you any encouragement, Paul says to the Philippians, he says, any comfort, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, be of the same mind. Have the same love for one another. Be in full and one accord with one another. Have the same mind of Christ. Understand that the same spirit that lives in you is the same spirit that lives in me. If you're in conflict with a Christian now, he says the same spirit that lives in you is the same spirit that lives in them. And those things won't be in conflict with one another. Verse 3, he says, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others, what? More significant than yourselves. Count others more significantly than yourself. Verse 4 says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Paul's very clear that following Jesus is not about me climbing some ladder and achieving something and lording it over other Christians or other people who are not Christians. On the contrary, it's the other way. Count others more significant than ourselves. Be willing to go the extra mile. Be willing to open your door to a sojourner. Be, be willing to open your door to a stranger. Open your heart to someone who needs to hear the gospel. That's what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. We belong to him. We are not our own anymore. We belong to him. Paul gives an example of Jesus, and he says, look, if anyone had the right position standing to think much of himself, it would obviously be Jesus, yet he didn't. Paul tells us that. He emptied himself for your sake and for mine. If anybody could have thought much of themselves, it would have been him, but he chose not to. John chapter 13, we hear and see that very thing, the call to love one another. The call to look around and, and see people in your own home. In, in your own, specifically, he's talking to people in a church when he was writing to the churches here at uh, Philippi. And so he would be writing those same things to us in the church today. And, and, and in John, well, it's John where he says this in John chapter 13, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you ought also to love one another. By this, by what? Yeah, by loving one another. Thank you for paying attention. Uh, I've got one. By this, all men, say all men, all men will know that you are my disciples if, say if, if you have love, say love, for one another, say for one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. In a world that we live in today, whenever people can look around us and see us love and care for one another, 
that uh, the Bible tells us that people will know, wow, those people must belong to Jesus. Look how they love and care for one another. That's kind of odd. That's kind of countercultural. So the question becomes, 14 years in, are we a healthy family? We say this a lot. With it, We're a family. We're trying to be a healthy family. 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says this, If I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I'm gaining nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they'll pass away. For tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up selfish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part that I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. It's one of my hopes for us in 2024, that refuge people will be known as people who love one another and love others. People should know Jesus makes a difference in our lives. And to one another by the love they have for one another. There, there's so many one another's in Scripture. I don't have a clock, so I can keep going. Um, here's, here's 50 of them. Pay attention. Be patient with one another. Wash one another's feet. Love one another. 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 Those are all different scriptures. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Love one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you. Instruct one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Amen. We're not doing hug and howdy anymore. We're doing hug. We're doing holy kiss and howdy from now on. When you come together to eat, wait for each other. Have equal concern for each other. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Serve one another in love. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, you will be destroyed by each other. Let us now become. Uh, let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Carry each other's burdens. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In humility, consider others better than yourselves do not lie to each other bear with each other forgive what grievances you may have with one another you, you tracking what he's saying here there's a pattern 
Teach one another. Admonish one another. Make your love increase and overflow for each other. Love each other. Encourage each other. Encourage each other. Build one another up. Encourage one another daily. Spur one another to love and honor and good deeds. Encourage one another. Do not slander one another. Don't grumble against each other. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for each other. Love one another deeply from the heart. Live in harmony with one another. Love each other deeply. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gifts he received to serve others. Clothe yourselves with clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Greet one another with a kiss of love. And he closes with six of these. Love one another. 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 You think there's a message here in the New Testament for us? It's very clear that we're called, we say this a lot, live differently. So there's a clear call for us to live differently. Write this down. I'm not going to read it from Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 verses 1 through, uh, excuse me, 9 through 21 is a place it called, it's, it, the heading is called the marks of a true Christian. My hope for you is that 2024 will see that evidenced in your lives. Third thing, third hope for 2024, that we live in healthy rhythms of engaging people, resting, recuperating, and celebrating. Life following Jesus is not meant to live in a silo, okay? Life following Jesus is not meant for each of us to go to our homes and close our doors and close our curtains and keep the world out from our little safe space in our little home. A life following Jesus calls for us to engage the culture, to engage those people that live across the street from you that annoy you. You know who they are. To engage some of those family members that just grate on your nerves just a little bit to engage some of those family members that may be outside the household of faith because we have been rescued from sin and death on our, as well, that our call is to carry that message to them. And sometimes, though, so when we engage with people, we have to pull back and rest just a little bit. Jesus rested. He's like, bros, I'm out for just a little bit. I'm going to the wilderness, and I'm leaving you bros behind, and I'm going to... I'm going to go out and I'm just going to spend some time with the Father. Engaging people is important in following Jesus. Resting is a gospel rhythm. Resting and and not having people around you all the time is a gospel rhythm. Recuperating is a gospel rhythm. You can't keep doing this on on an empty tank. Your tank's got to be filled. And then celebrating is a gospel rhythm. Whenever you see something that's worth celebrating around you, you know what you should do? Celebrate it. You should kill the fatted calf, cook some burgers, smoke some pork butts. You know, whatever your thing is, make a casserole. Call me. I'll celebrate with you. Find ways to celebrate after you've gone and gone and gone all, all as much as you can in 24, then rest a little bit, recuperate. 
They're dry spells that we go through. And sometimes that's a call for us to just rest and recuperate and recover and let the Spirit minister to us and then to get back and engage in this mission that we've been called to. Ministry is a marathon, not a sprint. You're following Jesus is a marathon. It's not a sprint. But in that marathon, think about running a marathon. I'm never running one. I'm not running a 5K. But if I were, thinking about it, I would have to prepare for that. And after I run, if theoretically run one, I think I'm going to rest. And never, no, that didn't fit in the sermon. I'm going to rest and recuperate before I go and run that marathon again. Right, Hunter? Same thing that we're involved in in following Jesus, the life we're called to. We go hard. We go strong in the power of the Spirit. And sometimes we rest. We say this often. If you're a follower of Jesus, we, at the end of our service, what do you say? If you're a follower of Jesus, what are you? Missionaries. Then our calling is to do these things. Engage, rest, recuperate, celebrate. Sometimes that means, you know, uh, God doesn't bless our attempts to be God. We're not called to be God. He's good at what he does. And he calls us to do these things, to live in these rhythms. In 24, I want you to try to live in these rhythms. You'll be a much more effective missionary that we say we are at the end of every gathering if you'll practice these rhythms. All that rest, all that closing ourselves in should have given you many, much, much leg time. You, you are, you're, you're prepared now to engage people in 2024. But whenever you get worn out a little bit, rest, recuperate, celebrate. Because we want more people to know Jesus. And you'll be effect, an effective part of that in 2024. Last one. That we'll be a people who seek the interests of Jesus and not our own. That you and I, this church family, will be a people who seek the interests of Jesus and not our own interests. Think on these for 2024. Unity in the body. What, what does it look like for refuge to be a unified body? Where we're all pulling in the same direction? where we're all of one mind and one accord, where we're all going in the same direction, where we go, man, we want more people to know Jesus. We want more people to be discipled and to grow in their following Jesus. If we're all in one accord around that, what does that look like in 2024? What does it look like for us as a body to celebrate whenever we come around? We, we call our baptisms celebratory baptisms because we celebrate when somebody comes to know the Lord and, and they are publicly baptized. And I'm, I love that we do that. Man, what would it look like if we celebrated with one another even more? Like when something really cool happens in your life and, and, and we look around and we find it out and we pop it out on you know, our, our communications piece to each other and we celebrate with one another. How cool would that be to have you know, 200 people show up in your driveway because you got a promotion? I mean, some of you wouldn't like it, but many of you would. How cool would that be if we celebrated with one another like that? What if our body was just full of joy? You know, I, it's said about refuge lots of times that when people come and visit refuge that they feel welcome, 
They, they feel uh, a sense of joy and they feel a sense of camaraderie. They feel a sense of care for one another. And I love that about you, Refuge, that you uh, exhibit that to people when they walk in the door. But what if, we see, what if we continue to see more joy with one another? Joy even sometimes in the middle of difficult situations. We may be sad. We may be hurting. But there can be joy even in the middle of difficult circumstances. What would it look like for us to have encouragement in the body? Whenever you know someone is hurting, know someone for sure, even in the body, that is hurting or is, is scared or afraid or um, is missing something or, or, or might just be wandering somewhere. What would it look like for you to be the encourager? Not, not your pastor. We're, we're going to try to do that every chance we get. What would it look like for you to be the encourager in 2024? When you hear that about somebody and you pick up the phone and you call them, that's the old phone. It's this, it's this phone now. So. Hello. What would it look like for you to be the encouragement? In contrast, Paul talks about this in Philippians chapter 2. He says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon for, uh, so that I too may be cheered by news for you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare, for, all, for they all seek their own interests and not those of the interests of Jesus Christ. I, I hope in 2024 that if, if our interests are anything that are contrary to Jesus, that we just put that to death. Like if there's any interests that, that are selfish or if they are, are not about what Jesus wants us to be in 2024, we find ways to put those to death. You go, preacher, I don't know how to put them to death. A- ask somebody. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about how you put those things to death in your own lives. What are those, whatever those things might be, let's practice putting those things to death. All of us. I'm talking about elders. I'm talking about deacons. I'm talking about staff, volunteers, you, all of us. Let's put all those things to death in 2024, so that as God is sending us out into this new year, we can be people that are known for love and care and compassion for one another. I'd love for people to say, hey, that person, think about yourself now. You, that person, lives a lifestyle reflects that, they, that reflects that they've been saved by Jesus. That they're, they've really been transformed by Jesus. When I look at that person, I go, that person's different. That person lives differently. And you get an opportunity to say and tell about the hope that lies within you. People should believe the gospel is true because of their interactions with you. First John chapter 4 says this. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born from God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the go-between for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we, 
if no one has ever seen God, if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God who he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. I, I hope that's said about us as a church family church. That we love one another really, really well. Finally, I'll say this. For 2024, here's what the gospel calls us to. It calls us to repentance. The gospel calls us to follow Jesus. I, that's my call to you. Maybe you're here today. And none of this really makes sense, or you don't think that you can muster up enough within you to do it. And maybe it's because you haven't been born again. Maybe it's because you're not a follower of Jesus yet. And the Spirit doesn't fill you. We'll never do this on our own. I'm too selfish on my own. I like my own things. I want to do things my own way. I, I want to be the master of my own domain, I, the whole nine yards. I, I, want to, I, I, want, I want to be the guy in charge. But the Spirit calls me to something else. The Spirit calls me to die to myself and think of others more highly than I do of myself. And I swear, I, I ask the Spirit to help me live that way regularly. And so maybe some of you recognize that about yourself today and you go, maybe I need the Spirit of God within me. Maybe I need to repent of my sins and believe the gospel today. That's what we want for you. More than anything, it's for you to be a follower of Jesus today, to repent, which means to turn from your sins, to repent of your sins, which means to confess your sins to God, know that you have sinned against God. And repentance means that I don't want to do that anymore, and I want to turn into something new. I want to go a different way. The Bible tells us that there is one way to know God, and that's through Jesus. Jesus came, he lived a life that you cannot live, which means perfect. He died a death that you deserve to die because of your sin that you commit against the holy and righteous God. But the Bible tells us that Jesus took on all our sin at the cross and paid the debt to God that we owe. And God was satisfied with his sacrifice and raised him from the dead three days later. The Bible says this, whenever you put your faith and trust in Jesus' work, which means his sinless life, his death in your place, and the fact that God raised him from the dead to overcome death, hell, and the grave, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus alone for your salvation, the Bible says you become a Christian. You'll be born again. And so that's my hope for some of you today who are outside the household of faith. And then once you become a follower of Jesus, all this other stuff that I've talked about begins to make sense because we do it not in our own power but in the power of the Spirit. My hope for you is that you deny yourself. Come know the Lord. For those of us who are in Christ, it's my hope that you deny yourself as well. Take up your, take up your cross. Die to yourself and follow Jesus. Go all in on serving Jesus this year. All in. I'm not talking about, I'm not, I'm not talking about giving a wink and a nod to serving Jesus. I'm saying, hey, man, let's go all in in 2024. Like, I, I, I'm in, preacher. Like, I, I'm in. Where, where do you need me, preacher? Let, let's go all in. Some of you got gifts that you've been given by the Holy Spirit you're not using here in this church. God didn't bring you here to sit, soak, and sour. 
He gave you gifts to use in this church body, and this church will be a better church to serve not only the families here, but the people around us if you use your gifts that God's given you. Go all in on serving Jesus. Spend time in the Bible this year. Man, it's, tomorrow's January 1st. No better time to start that reading plan. January 1st. Start fresh. And if you want to get bogged down in the Old Testament, find you one that don't start there. Start somewhere else. If you're looking for a plan, I got a bunch of them. Well, I'll share some of the plans. I'll share the plan that I'm going to read this year. But man, spend time in the Word. Saturate yourself with the Word of God. Have an active prayer life. I'm not saying, you know, say the same prayer whenever you go to bless your food every time. Don't, you know, God is great. God is good. Let us thank Him for our food, you know. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord when you pray. He, call, he tells us to call on Him. Tell Him what your desires are. Confess your sin to Him. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We get to barrage the throne room of grace to find help in our time of need. Let that be something you practice in 2024. Plug into this church family. Plug in. Don't hold on to the wing. Plug in. Plug in. Get involved. Serve others. Look for ways to serve others. Look for ways to go, I see a need, I'm going to meet a need. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to meet that need for somebody today. And lastly, I'll say this, find joy in the Lord. I, I, I want you to find joy in the Lord. Preacher, I don't know how. Let us help you. I, I don't have time to get into the whole thing here because we're, we're going to wrap up and go. But if you go, Preacher, I don't know how to find joy in the Lord. Man, let us help you. Let us help you know what it means to find your joy in the Lord. Not your joy in your circumstances, but in the middle of some difficulties to be able to find joy in the Lord. Two things that we'll continue to say that we said a long time here at Refuge that we'll continue to say in 2024. Make much of Jesus and live differently. If you walk away with nothing else, with this charge for 2024. Make much of Jesus. Live differently. Let me pray for us.